check, check. One, two, check. Mic's on. From the world of education to you, my name is Dr. A. Our show is all about finding your voice by connecting our community through collaboration. All right, well, welcome back to another edition of Mike's On. This is episode 70, kind of a bit of a milestone. And we are actually coming up on the two-year, that's right, the two-year anniversary of our first broadcast, which is pretty crazy in my eyes, but... This week we're going to do something a little bit different. We're actually going to uh, switch it over to something that is a little bit of a pet project of one of our teachers, Mr. Michael Mahan, who is our geography teacher, also is the leader on the SMS Voices podcast with the students. He has started up something called the Teacher's Lounge. So let's take a listen. The Teacher's Lounge. Sit down, Waldo. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first edition of the Teacher's Lounge. I'm here today with Dr. Anselmo, Ryan Coleman, and Kyle Denny. Hello. Hi. And the ironic part is all of us were are our social studies teachers at one point. So we had a whole school of teachers to choose from and seem to stay in our own department. Yeah, well, why not? Yeah. You know, you wanted to keep it cozy. Yeah. Yeah. And once, has a once you're a social studies teacher, you're always a social studies teacher. Even when you're not, right? you crave it. Right. And what's a math teacher going to talk about anyway? Yeah, really. math. Nobody, nobody wants to hear that. Algorithms. Well, you guys have a test next week. <laughs> yeah. Pythagorean. <laughs> well, and that's how we're getting started for today. So we've already eliminated a fourth of the people watching, probably. So we get a great start there. There's like a half a person? or. <laughs> What well, demographic are we audience, looking for? Right? Right? Yeah. I thought we were doing social studies. Children's <laughs> podcast, right? Okay. okay. Only social studies. So uh, we were thinking about some questions and kind of mulling them over. And I think the one that's kind of spoken to me the most and that I've asked people a little bit this year being a first-year teacher is what is it that you guys have found the most rewarding about being a teacher in your tenure, I know that we've had some talk about teacher shortages here, and I think it's just kind of an interesting question for those that may want to get into the field. Talking about just throughout the entire career, right? Right. Like, just anything that has, you know, motivated you to want to continue on. I mean, obviously, you guys show up after every summer, right? Cash so, money. Yeah, cash money, money. right. <laughs> You're in the wrong business. <laughs> Christmas bonuses. Uh, Christmas no, I think I want to build that pool. <laughs> I think it stays pretty consistent throughout the time that you're teaching. Uh, for me, it's always been the connections that I get to make with kids. You know, there's still students that I talk with who, uh, from my first year teaching, who have graduated high school and are in college. I still keep up with them and talk with them. And it's just, that's something you, it's unique to the, the profession. And you don't really get that. And you don't really get that opportunity uh, in a whole lot of other uh, areas. So that's that's the one that really stands out the most for me personally. I think it that's it's really a people thing. So you become a teacher because you want to make connections with these kids and like 
something that I didn't have at my first school I taught at. I did high school. I didn't get a whole lot of, like, people coming back to talk to me. So, like, I missed, I missed out on that. I mean, it wasn't like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but whenever I'm teaching the eighth graders and they come back from, like, the senior day when they come in the halls, like, my first set of seniors came through last year, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's my first set here at Selvage that have went all the way through. And it's really nice because, you know, they're still in school, so they still ask for those kind of, like, advices uh, on what what to do. So I definitely think that's the most rewarding part is, like, they remember you. They shoot you an email every once in a while. They show you some Legos they built. Um, that's pretty cool. They don't show me their Legos. Because <laughs> they know you're not interested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think uh, a lot of it also highly depends on the community as well. You were talking about whenever you taught high school, you didn't have a whole lot of that. And I think high school is a little bit different, but I think where you taught specifically, the culture of like coming back and connecting with your old teachers just wasn't quite as prevalent as it is here uh, in our community. You know, we see that all the time year after year, which is awesome. And, you know, thinking of my own experience when I was in school, you know, there's certainly middle school teachers that I I still remember fondly. um, But the high school teachers are the ones that I really made the the stronger connections with. So they're the ones that I would, uh, I reach out to in the past, you know, 10 or so years as I started to become a teacher myself. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was something that, you know, being a first-year teacher here at Selvage and, you know, you go through the interview process and you're being interviewed, but you're kind of assessing the situation as well, right? You know, what am I walking into? What is the sense of community here? Um, And is this something ultimately, like, is this a place I want to be part of? And, you know, that was kind of the sense that I got here is you are, you really have that sense of community, that coming together, those connections, you know, that was the thing I was told even before I started. You know, Dr. A and I had a conversation down in the room the first day, and he was just like, I'm concerned about your connections that you have with these students. And that was right up my alley. A little bit of my background is I, you know, went through into uh, counseling and decided not to pursue it, went back into another career in sales, which wasn't super rewarding, and then uh, ended up back in teaching. And, you know, people are like, oh, how do you end up? That seems like a quite a few jumps and you know for me it was just it was always kind of the only thing that really made sense to me I guess I I started that in my undergrad and then ended up back in it and now that I'm doing it just nothing else would feel right after doing it. he's home and I I feel though like with social studies there's always if you're really interested in that stuff there's only so many things that you could do yeah Mm -hmm. and I think that as it being a passion you know that we probably all share, um, just having that desire of looking at society as a whole or, like, looking at historical events and actually doing something with it and not being, like, a, uh, I guess, a person at the museum or something, you know? So I think that also feeds into this uh, teaching bit for me, too. Yeah, it's it's a passion project for sure, you know? I... Don't know how many other people enjoy going home and watching an hour-long YouTube debate from a high school group of students <laughs> from Kansas City. I don't know who did that. I'm just speaking hypothetically. I had yes. nobody here, right? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> um, what about you, though? What's, what have you found to be the most rewarding thing over the course of the first semester that we've been here? 
It, it honestly has been the connections. I mean, right now, I only know the seven blue students, right? So that's a little bit weird. We're in the basement. You only really see the teachers you see. So part of this was, you know, I had to, you know, make an effort to try to get to know some, some other teachers as well outside of my team. But it's, it's really just, you know, seeing, you know, the kids as they get it, as they have the conversations, the discussions. Um, I think it's a profession really where the rewards really come from outside of yourself, right? It's, if you're going into this, in my opinion, for your own validation and your own accomplishments, I don't, I don't know how for me, like, that's not something that I was like, oh, yeah, that's, like, what I want to do. But when you see, like, a kid that was struggling getting an A on a test or you see, like, just kids have these dynamic conversations where they go over and they help another student. Um, I just had a student today come in and admitted that they cheated. I didn't know. Like, he, he cheated on one thing. I would have never had any idea. And he felt the need to tell you. Yeah. And he, you put him in the pit, right? <laughs> oh, they're already in. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. just making sure. You, you know, checked I, on them recently. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. They need water every once in a while. They need I have to go water. back down there after this. Yeah, not right. after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, and then I asked him, I said, well, what do you think we should do about it? And, you know, he's really emotional, and he's like, well, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to tell my parents. I know they're going to be disappointed. Dang. I was like, okay. Wow. That's huge. That's yeah. awesome. And, you know, he's crying at this point. I'm like, well, what do you think I should do about it? And he's like, well, he's like, you should probably fail me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not going to do that. And, he- and here's why. Because I can't tell you guys, come be honest with me. And then the first time you're honest with me, Right now, I fail you, and so we're never going to have this conversation again. You came and told me you're going to tell your parents. If they have any questions, email me. And I and this may be an unpopular opinion, but I actually told them I was proud of them for coming and telling me. Yeah, I didn't know. Like yeah. I mean, how can I give a zero when I would have never known otherwise? Right. Yeah. I mean, it was one question. So, I think that those are the things. Like when you see young people really take that step forward and that maturity and take that ownership on themselves. It was a really and, cool moment. And, and to go off of that, like the, I have some discussions with my classes about like, they're, they're pretty, pretty deep discussions and they're feeding into it. Like they already have like some kind of like basis of knowledge and they're expanding upon it. And I feel as a school, that should be the practice, the safe space to explore conversing with others who may not share your viewpoint. You well, know? and just exploring your curiosities in general. You know, when you want to know more information about something, what better place to do that than a school environment? And not being afraid to fail. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, or else you'll, you'll get out into the world and you will make mistakes. So I have to ask, though, Michael, why do you think uh, that student felt comfortable enough to come and tell you? You know, honestly, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure. He, he's not one. He's not a student that talks all the time in, cl- in right. class. He participates in the discussion. I know he has a desire to do well. Um, I'd like to think it's because of the connections that have been facilitated over the course of the year. Um, I'd like to think students notice that. But you know, being a first year teacher it is a little bit of trial and error, right? There are things you try some days, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, that went really well." And then there's some things I try and I drive home. I'm like, "Wow." <laughs> it's a good thing not... you have a long drive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sometimes I have a lot of reflecting lot of to reflection. do. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I would like to think it is because we stress those connections here at Selvage and that he ultimately, 
you know, we've talked about those character ed pieces. It's kind of like we've talked about with social studies. You can get off on those tangents. We talk about, you know, just the way we comport ourselves around others. We've talked about inequality. We've, you know, had these discussions where students don't always agree. Mm-hmm. And, you know, students have varying perspectives, but we try to, at the end of the day, at least respect everybody's opinion. Um, and then, you know, I also try not to give much of my own, right? Yeah. I, I like to let them take ownership as long as we're going down a respectful path. Um, and it's been really and, interesting to see where that goes. And I have said before in my classes, too, when we have these discussions, like, I want you to know that, you know, you're, you're saying something out of curiosity, not out of hatred. So if something is phrased improperly, like, realize it's coming from a, an area of love, not hatred. Like, just curious about something. So, like, if you don't know the exact verbiage or the phrasing, like, I don't want people to be um, feeling like it's attack, right, on, on their viewpoints. And ignorance, too, even. You know, thinking about students who might ask a question just flat out not knowing something. And I have a specific but I feel like ignorance about, comes with, should come with curiosity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just educating, you know, when the situation arises. And then another thing that you said about, like, trial and error, don't worry, it never goes away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we thirty years. I never, I never mess up. When you yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's that's been the biggest part of this journey. You know, for me is is seeing that. But like you know, Ryan said is you know we had to start by facilitating that culture, and I think that the discussion we had that started that. I don't know how you guys you know start this. For me in geography, it was we were defining culture. And I went through and I had every student read their definition of what culture meant to them without any, you know, description of why I was doing that. I didn't take people who were raising their hands. I just had everyone read it. And then afterwards I asked, why do you think I had everyone read what their definition of culture was? And it was really interesting to see how I really didn't have to define the parameters for the students. They were like, well, you, you want our voices heard, but you want us to be respectful. You want us to do these things. And... I mean, they really kind of set the terms themselves. And so I would be interested to know how you guys do that in American history. I think it's just one of those things that the geography classes that come before the eighth grade history class really helps to establish that. And when they come in in eighth grade, they kind of already have their own sense of community. You know, they've been together for two years, going into their third year now, most of the students at least. They have that exposure to different cultures, even if it's not in the classroom, it's within the curriculum from you guys doing geography all around the world and everything. So I think it's just kind of naturally there at the beginning. And as we talk about the course of American history, especially as, as unfortunate as it is, especially getting in more into second semester when there's actually more uh, immigration from other European nations other than, you know, primarily England, France, Spain kind of areas, uh, it just starts to build upon itself a little bit. Um, so I think that's, that's, primarily how we kind of incorporate it. On top of the typical, you know, beginning of the school year, getting to know the class, team building activities, like that kind of stuff. And I I think it also helps um, this school's demographics is really, it's diverse, like culturally diverse. It's ingrained in the school. Um, So I feel as though there's only a little bit of nudging that we need to do to, like, start the conversations. Um, so I think that has a huge benefit instead of it being like a monoculture or a uh, biculture, you know. 
Yeah, and, and then Dr. A, I mean, I know that you came from a different district before you were here. In a different era. Well, you <laughs> almost taught me in eighth grade, yeah. so Wait, only by a year, yeah, right? I mean, you don't look that much older than you've been on. It's the mask. Ah. And the eyes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would just say, you know, one of the things you guys all talked about was the fact that uh, it's really about relationships and, uh, and getting to know kids. And why, why do you get into this? Because we all know that you're not going to make a, a whole heck of a lot of money doing what we're doing. It is a true calling. Um, it's about wanting to be a part of producing the next citizens um, for our society. And I think it's been very cool for me to just sit back and listen to you guys because I'm just going through my whole past of all the different things that I've gone through, whether it was at Ridgewood or whether it was here or at Guffey or wherever. And, you know, the one constant with all of it is, you know, getting to know those kids and helping them to make good choices and hopefully teaching them along the way whatever discipline it is that you are, are um, certified in and that you're teaching them. But I think in the end it's really about uh, how did they feel when they left your classroom? Did they want to go back? Were they missing it? That kind of thing. So, Ryan, when you talk about, you know, the the kids graduating, I mean, that's probably the, one of the coolest moments is when they come back and they want you to feel like there. a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the only time in the profession you feel like a rock star. Wait, wait, wait. You're, you want to talk to me? <laughs> you're like... You remember me? Yeah. Yeah. That was four years ago. Well, and the hard part is you don't always remember the oh name. My oh, my gosh. Just because <laughs> I think you remember the, uh, the I think the we both hit that point recently. Yeah. Uh, uh, me especially within the past two years. Well, the kids do that to you. I'm Having just, your own family and, yeah, and all that other stuff. I'm drawing blanks, and I finally just admitted like to myself that I'm not going to be able to nope. to remember every single face and name. Plus, I mean, from middle school to high school to college, these kids' faces change so much. It's it's tough to recognize a lot of them. So I'm I just flat out I admit it to some of them, and I'm yeah. like I'm so sorry. Like you got to you got to jog my memory here, right? Yeah. Well, and I think um, when we go over, and we'll need to do this in the spring because. You know, it was something that we haven't really gotten to do, but uh, just go visit over at the high school yes. during yes. lunchtime real quick just to say, hey, um, I think we need to try and get that on the, the docket here at some point. Once we, once we get past all the stuff we're going through right now, yeah. but maybe, maybe right around spring break, that kind of thing. Because do you remember the first time we did that, Kyle? I do. Because I don't know, Ryan, you weren't here yet, I don't I, think. I got or, to do one of them. Okay. But, like, the first time we took, like, it was just the blue it's team, I think, group, yeah. wasn't it? And we went over there, and how, th- that's when you were, like, the oh, rock star. Oh, you like a rock star, yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Go to the high school Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you guys could see that at home. Right. I mean, it's awesome. And, and in a lot of ways, you know, it's it's great, but I also end up feeling bad a lot. Because they're I'm like, do you want my chicken nuggets? And you're like, of course I do. <laughs> Why did you even ask? Just put them in my hand. Uh, no, there's so many kids that, like, they see you and they want to talk to you, and you're like... I- I can't talk to everyone. Like I know you got kids waiting in the wings. You can clearly tell they wanted to talk, but the bell rang and they left because you were talking to another kid for 15 minutes, and it's tough. So I would say the difference, though, from when I first started to what's going on now is that um, I think many of us have uh, become friends with former students on Facebook and social media. Do you guys have that happen? I, I have a sm- small 
Yeah. Yeah, he's not much of a social yeah, media. Yeah, you're not too much of that. No, not really. I did have a stu- former student say that they want to get into um, teaching, and I was like, oh, okay. That's a surreal experience. And, like, he <laughs> I, said... I've had it, too. He said history teaching, and, like, I never want to, like... I never want to say no to any professional career that somebody chooses, but I, I do say, like, um, you know, there's work that will need to go into yeah. it um, that you need to be prepared for. And he was a very opinionated 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't think... Like, I didn't, I didn't know how I worded it, but um, just kind of being, like, try and be as neutral and PC as you can. <laughs> and he is... Not that way. <laughs> At the moment. At the moment, correct, right? correct. I mean, and there's always, you know, it's the work that you got to put in for it. Well, uh, the thing, to too, there. is, you know, I think it's so difficult right now because I know one of the questions that, Michael, you had already asked a little bit, I don't know if it was before we started recording or not, but, you know, with it being, I mean, there is a teacher shortage. I mean, we see this, and we see it today. Like, today we had... People from different parts of the building actually going in and and taking over for people who weren't here. Um, I got to take attendance in one of the classes because I had to cover for a little bit. You know, little things like that. But um, there is a definite struggle happening right now with um, showing people that this is a profession worthy of uh, getting into. There's a real struggle there. And... I I think the pandemic has um, definitely highlighted it. It has. And, like, put a, like, fire to it. Well, it's just made it worse in general. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, it, it feels we're, we are more scrutinized than, and I don't know, like, than I've ever felt in the short period of time I've been teaching. Well, and I think that kind of goes to what Dr. A was saying earlier with it being different eras. You know, I think just the the world we live in now, the accessibility of information, the rise of social media, the ability for things to literally spread like wildfire. I mean, you're going to be open to more scrutiny no matter what your profession is, and teaching is not something that's going to be exempt from that. Uh, so when we look at that, that's certainly going to add to the problem. <laughs> no, you were good talking into it. Oh, okay. Uh, but the pandemic, I mean, you think about all those other issues on top of the fact that there is, you know, illnesses going around and people who have any kind of immunocompromised, uh, you know, issues Situation. going on. Yeah, they're not going to want to put themselves in those situations, no. and you can't blame them. So it's it's a tough thing to... I mean, not to say any job is easy, but teaching itself is, is a very unique type of job, and when you add all these other compounding issues on top of it, it's certainly going to uh, amplify the, the shortage issues for sure. Well, and I think it's like we all talked about too, you know, one of the most rewarding things was making those connections. And right now you have to do it with a mask on. Some teachers prefer to be a little bit more distanced, which doesn't really... You know, make that connection feel natural to a lot of us. And then we have, you know, some students in virtual, some students who are gone for two weeks, some students who come back, and it just kind of throws a wrench sometimes in everything that you're trying to uh, get done and accomplish with those connections. And, you know, being in my first year and then having done my student teaching last year, it's like I only know a classroom as a teacher with a mask on. 
And it's a weird thing to say. And well, it's a weird feeling. And and I wonder, you know, I was just thinking, here's somebody who got into it right when all this is happening. You I'm chose thinking, to do it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, that should say a little bit like, about me, right? Well, <laughs> but, but for you guys, I mean, what has been really difficult for you since March 13, 2020? I think the hardest thing that I've seen, I mean... Especially at the middle school level, one thing that we always deal with year to year is some students who don't put as much investment into their own education as we would like them to. Um, And the pandemic really just, like, highlighted that. Yeah, so much. Ballooned it. Perfect. Um, You know, going hold harmless in the initial uh, fourth quarter of 2020... You know, I totally understand the decision, and I don't necessarily disagree with it, given everything that was going on, but I think that set up a lot of students who, especially the current 8th grade class, who were 6th graders at the time, that was their first year in middle school, that set them up to kind of push into their beginning of their 7th grade year on top of being online, and the ability to just literally check out, log out, um, I had so many kids that said, like, do you think we'll ever go back to just virtual? I was like, oh, I don't know. And they're like, well, <laughs> you remember, like, <laughs> I was asleep the entire time. I had my camera off. And, like, yeah, you know, there was that, no winning there. That, 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 like, was so demoralizing. And it's still demoralizing to hear it. And I get that kid will say it. And if we were kids at the time, we would probably joke about it, too. Yeah. But as a professional and as the profession, you're like... You know, I was trying my best, and like, my best wasn't it. Well, and and that's the hardest thing because you're trying to become a shiny object for a kid to, to actually want to engage with, right? Yeah. I mean, you do that when you're in person. It's a, a whole heck of a lot easier because you can control kind of not the narrative, but just the space the flow. and the timing yeah. and the flow and everything that goes with that. And I think. One of the hardest things about that I have just witnessed, because I'm not in your shoes, you guys. I don't, I don't get to go through the day-to-day operations of what it's like to to have these kids that are are have changed. The makeup of the student has changed. It's not what it was three years ago, right? Um, the the last group that was out of here, um, the ninth graders, right? They had to. Um, go through last year with it being kind of a wonky eighth grade year um i'm surprised in some ways that we made it because there was so much that we had to take away and strip down to nothing and for me this whole time has been a a real just slap in the face of well good luck good luck and trying to build community and trying to um, have celebrations you know um i think all of you guys were at some part of the zombie dance or at least uh, talk with me about it. But I know I can remember talking to Michael a little bit about it. You know, that was the first time we actually got together as a, as a entire student body. And when I say entire, we, we limited the capacity, but to be able to have a number of different kids there and um, you were like, Oh, I want to see it from the start to the finish. And uh, I was so glad that you were there just to help out. But, I mean, you saw how it was with your daughter, right, yeah. Kyle? I mean, it it was like 
like a release valve. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, because like you said, that was the first time since probably February of 20. So a year and a half. And I mean, it was, it was great. It was awesome. But yet we can't like constantly go back to it. Right. Like it used to be that we could, all right, we're going to set this date. We're going to set this date. Oh, yeah. We're going to do this. And now it's like, can we do it? I don't know. Even the week of, we were evaluating whether or not we could even, right. like where we were going to do it and all that just because of spacing and trying to make sure that we had enough enough space for the amount of people that we had. So I know it's the teacher's lounge and you guys have invited the administrator in. <laughs> but um, for me, that's been the most difficult thing in terms of just watching you guys try to work magic in a, a really... Um, dimly lit atmosphere, you know, like, and I don't mean that like in a, a negative way in the sense that you guys can't do it because you have been doing it this whole time, but how much energy does that take to, to constantly come engage. to, like, yeah. It's, in some classes, like, it is easier to get that engagement piece, and then others, it, it, like this morning during star time, I really felt like I was pulling teeth to just talk. And just to get them to talk. Just to get them to talk. Right. And I don't know what it is that, like, stops them from, I don't know if it's the year and a half of the weirdness, and then there's already that uh, social fear that a middle schooler has of sharing their thoughts aloud. Um, if that is highlighted by the fact that, you know, they didn't have to do it last year. No. And they don't know how to do it, necessarily. No. And I don't think that's a middle school problem. Well, I mean, obviously, it's a yeah. problem with middle school students in general. But that's a society thing, I think. I think, really, the, the increase in the ability for people to communicate digitally amplified that to the degree that we're seeing now, where students are being, and I don't mean this as a negative thing, necessarily, but students are being raised by people who primarily communicate digitally so that face-to-face -face interaction is much more rare, you know, talking about co uh, even content like today. I know we're obviously teaching the same thing, talking about the Bill of Rights, which I'll flat out admit to the students when we get started. I'm like, heads up, this is like my favorite lesson throughout the whole year because <laughs> yeah. this is stuff that I really get into. You know, talking about, hey, what does freedom of speech mean? Like, that's a big deal for you guys to understand that. And I, I remember I was asking my last class right before we came down here, and it was rickets mm. and I'm like come on like this is this is it like this is where you guys can ask literally whatever you want and I'm we're gonna talk about it and you know it's it's situational for sure but you get them behind a keyboard they're gonna send messages yes but you get them face to face they clam up right and and I get that because I, I, I admittedly I was the same way when I was in middle school and high school I was not gonna say anything out loud mm -hmm. absolutely not I remember yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they lost that year and a half of social development, oh, too, absolutely. which is just it's important behind try sure. to be mindful of. But then also it's like, how do we bridge this gap? Because we have seventh graders that missed sixth grade that hadn't been really in school since fifth grade. And now they're back in a social setting. They're going through an already difficult developmental time. And now... They've missed social cues for a year and a half, which has even increased the reliance to Kyle's point on, you know, social media and, you know, digital uh, communication and the, the 
impetus for, you know, digital stewardship really because, you know, that's the way that they've communicated for the last years. They didn't see their friends unless it was like, hey, put on your headphones and we'll talk on Fortnite or hey, let's, you know, talk over Facebook or, you know, whatever. Well, we used to think it was so funny just to <laughs> see them um, like at a dinner table and, and or, like just out with, with their friends and they were all doing this. They weren't even talking to each other, mm-hmm. but they probably were texting to each other. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, and now, I mean, now we see what... What, what it's manifesting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, and you probably have seen this, um, not calling you out, but you have the most experience. Well, thank uh, you. What are you trying to say? <laughs> He's old. He's old. <laughs> uh, you've seen this well, Shani. evolution... From a macro scale. Yeah, so, and I remember, too, like, and a big word, right? Um, well, I can remember, too. a big too, word earlier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got to look. I, I've hit my yeah. limit now. Yeah. You yours, right? <laughs> well, two, so 2000, <laughs> I remember, though, 2008 and, and, uh, was when the smartphone, you know, debuts. Yeah. So how old were you in 2008? Uh, we're, we were both first year of uh, college. First year of college. I was graduating high school. Yeah. Do you remember getting your first smartphone? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was... Vaguely. Uh, I think it was a Motorola... Does a phone or... with access to, like, that internet browser That's thing, does that count? I think so. That's a smartphone. Okay. Right? But I wasn't not... sure if it was that or if it had to be, like, no touchscreen iPhone style, Android style. That's well, how I, I think... took it. Well, I took I take it as when the iPhone is is debuting, that's when things explode. Okay, emulated too by right? everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so you guys were first year. What were you, Michael, in two thousand eight? Oh, I was graduating high school. So gradu- So both of you guys are about the same age, basically, right? All of you. Um, yeah. And so, uh, but I can remember being so excited about having the internet in my pocket and and like. I could really get some work done on the go, right? Yeah. Um, and then I saw how it was manifesting in the student population, which was uh, now you have these things that are um, people envy and they want, and so they steal. And so we had this whole situation of, because the iPods were, were what was before that, right? Mm-hmm. That, that was really a thing where it was like, gosh, we can't keep up with kids trying to take other kids' things. Yeah, the Zoom. You went down there. You would have a zoom. No, I did not. You would. Well, that's it's really going to take off soon, guys. I swear. <laughs> yeah, I any swear. day now. But I can just remember how you know it was always like about these things that the kids would have, and then you were worried about that, and and the whole time that you're worried about that, what's happening underneath is kids are learning a whole different way of communicating um, that we might not have seen. Now, you guys may have done it in high school or in college but really when they're in middle school and they're starting to use these kind of things um, I don't think there's any guardrails at all for our kids to understand what it's doing what, or how to navigate it super unpopular opinion but you know I feel as though that should have an age restriction on it as well it should because of its addictive qualities uh, well, we we know for a fact that that's exactly how the app developers and programmers yeah. have. And know, that's made a tough. That's a tough thing to manage. You know, yeah. you can't. 
Yeah. You can't put the cat back in Schrodinger's <laughs> box, right? Right. We already know it's alive. <laughs> Schrodinger's? <laughs> when you say that, all I think about is Big Bang Theory. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Schro- Schroder- Schro- what is it? Wait. Schrodinger's? <laughs> No, don't look at me. Huh? I don't know. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So that other guys. So it. I guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I was following you. There. I guess for me, it's always just been. Um, uh, I, I mean, it's a love-hate relationship now, for sure. Like when we first got these and started seeing them, I was like, "This is gonna be great. Everybody's got this information at their fingertips. There's no more having to, you know, buy a whole encyclopedia set to to look things up, that kind of stuff." And um, it, but the social ramifications of it all have really turned us upside down and inside out. And, it's and, such then, a, and then the pandemic. It's hits such a tough thing to navigate, too. And especially, you know, I, I'm realizing it even more so as a parent now. You know, my oldest is, is four turning five and my nephew is, is five already. And he is, he is much more proficient when it comes to using a device uh, my daughter, she can, she does not know how to operate the TV remote. She doesn't know how to operate <laughs> the iPad. She needs help because we haven't given her like free reign or anything. That's awesome. Whereas my nephew, he hasn't had like free reign, but he's had a lot more exposure. So he can grab the remote. He can find what he wants to watch. He knows exactly how to get there. He, he grabbed my, my brother-in-law's iPhone while he was sleeping. Use the face ID to unlock it and then use the phone. <laughs> and that was like two years ago that that happened. So he's only like three. But it's That's such a, a tough thing because really. I recognize and I understand that this technology, you know, aside from a potential apocalyptic event or something, it's not going anywhere. Nope. These kids are going to need to know how to navigate these things. And my wife and I were talking about how our oldest, who's, who's getting ready to do kindergarten next year, like, they, if they have devices in the classroom, she potentially is going to be way behind everyone else. She, I mean, she can't even turn the thing on. Like, right. we've never showed her how. Right. And it's one of those things that it's such a tough balance. Like, how much do you, how much access do you provide them? What access do you give them? Like, all of these different uh, things. So when you talk about restricting it, age gating it, whatever, it's such a, it's such a, like, tricky um, gray area. Yeah, yeah, it's it's difficult for that's, sure. That's another thing I talked there's about. No, the there's no like single right no. way to do Correct. it. Well, then what we see a lot in middle school too is the anonymity of everything, which is, oh, yeah. you know, students get on now and... It's always been there, yeah. but now it's... They're not even using their name. They're just like putting it on an umbrella account and then either making fun of people or saying things they wish they could or having their friends add to it or, you know, they're sort of navigating this in a way that ends up hurting others, but you don't... How do you hold somebody accountable? It's difficult unless somebody admits to it, right? Mm. I could remember... um, Do you remember our graduation speaker? From college? Yeah. I don't. I don't know the I name. I may or may not have been awake. <laughs> I don't remember the Shocking, name. Shocking, I know. <laughs> but you were there. I was there. He was I got the, you occupied the seat. I got the piece of paper. We had to, like, <laughs> nudge him to go. Um, but I remember in, in the, the, the speech, he was talking about social media and how its impact is going to change society, and it's changing society for the better. And he was... 
using this is during the Arab Spring, 2011. Mm, that's right. So all this stuff was going on because they were accessing Twitter and it was spreading out the message to get people into the streets and protest against unfair government and all this stuff. I don't like. I don't know. Like, is that necessarily a good thing? Because like we've seen that just. A year ago, almost tomorrow, right? And it he went there. I'm I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's just you know. And well, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out tomorrow. Because, it's so gray because there are good and then there are bad. Yeah, yep, it's tough. And well, and then you know, I mean, you can we can go through all the different types of governments, right? And we can see what I mean. I don't know if you guys. You guys weren't around for Tiananmen Square, but, I mean, that was a huge deal when I was a kid. And and really, the Chinese government has tried to really strip all that information away yeah. so that the people, the young ones, don't know anything about Forget it. Forget about it, yeah. And we just can't... How is that good for anybody? Like, we have to, we have to be able to deal with the issues that we have and work through them so that we all elevate. But I feel like, you know, not everybody wants everybody to elevate. You know? Mm-hmm. You always need to have somebody lower than you, I guess. I don't know. I just... We need to get to that part, though, that, that you were talking about. What are some things that uh, are drawbacks for the teaching profession? And right now, we probably could have a laundry There's list. There's none. Right? <laughs> Best job <laughs> ever. You'll, you'll edit that, right? Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we, we all love our jobs. You know, not going to say anything bad. No. Um, so. But like, I think you guys have to be honest, too. I mean, I think with, with not, you know, poo-pooing on everything that we do, we, we all have to get real that this is not easy right now. And... Uh, but how are we going to work to make sure that there's those behind us, right? Because yeah. somebody along the way, for, for all of us, made it so that we wanted to do this, mm-hmm. right? So what are you guys going to do? I defer to my colleagues. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to nudge him? No. Um, so, like, the the hardships right now, and I feel like in the last especially two years has been the amount of apathy and how it's almost like a, it's a feeding cycle. Mm. So like when you present something and you, and you know it, you've spent so much energy trying to present something and you're trying to engage and then there's nothing there. Yeah. And then it's just like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess this is what you want. You gotta have an audience. Right. And so I think that's that's going to be the biggest issue is just competition for their attention. Yeah, right. yeah, and, and that's that's an ever growing problem. And I and I feel like with with TikTok and other platforms, they're they're geared towards addiction and geared towards the endless scroll. Um, and I think those little like snippets are what they're learning. Um, so like. Education is not geared for snippet learning. It's geared for like the long haul, long haul learning, or like 
scaffolding, uh, scaffolding, learning. Um, and I think maybe if somebody can make TikToks that are positive teaching things, not like they follow in the wrong accounts, buddy. Exactly, they're yeah. out there, but they don't take the limelight. I mean, that all goes for the feed stuff. That, that algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we talked about it in my class too. It's your what you watch dictates your perception of reality. So if that's all you're consuming, mm-hmm. and that's all you're you know paying attention to, then to you, that's really your reality at the at the age of thirteen. And that's you know sometimes when it's like okay, let's have this depth discussion about things that may be uncomfortable it is you know sometimes difficult to get that attention when it's like well I can watch TikTok and someone's dancing and I enjoy that better so I think one of the biggest drawbacks aside from you know uh, the other things we've mentioned so far one of the other things that doesn't really necessarily stand out is the uncertainty of what is the future of education even going to look like you know we talk about back when we were in school you know Speaking to social studies specifically, I remember a lot of my social studies classes being, hey, you know, what date did this battle in World War II take place? I don't need to know that information anymore. I can look it up in five seconds with using my phone. The shift in what education is focusing on, what teachers, or rather how teachers are teaching their content, and, you know, how students learn is just so up in the air. You see all these different initiatives and things going around the country and I'm fairly active on on Twitter following a lot of different educators and innovators and seeing the different things that are going around. It's like, that is amazing. Like, how how are they implementing that? And then hearing about different initiatives being discussed, you know, at the more local level, like even here within Rockwood or in the St. Louis region. But then is that going to stick around? Is that is that going to be here in five years? Is Is it worth the investment right now? Do I want to jump into this not knowing if it's still going to be here? And is I think it, all, is it, Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, I think all of us are kind of in that boat where we're more than willing to jump into something new and give it a shot. But that uncertainty is still there, and it's, it's definitely one of the drawbacks that I've, I've found over the past 10 or so years. Is it because things change so fast, or is it the fact that you're not seeing results? Both. I think it's both, truthfully. Um, you know, I can speak to the changes being made. Obviously, those are I think those stand out when it comes to technology specifically. But even the lack of action. I, I've sat on district-wide committees discussing, hey, this is how we're going to change this particular thing. Well, then, you know, person A retires, and that initiative is completely gone. Those, those meetings don't happen anymore. And it's like, you know, I was really excited to see what was going to come of this, but now it's in the background again. So I think I think it's a little bit of both for sure. All right, so Michael, we're about, we're about out of time, gentlemen. Did you want to say anything to these guys about? Yeah, I just want to thank you all for being here today. I asked these uh, you know kind gentlemen, um, kind gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know sometimes I like to you know. <laughs> What are some words around this? Oh, look who's Spider Man was going to come out. All right, so let's. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, so, in no way, two people who have seen it, two people who haven't. If you are listening by chance, all five of you, and you have not seen it, the next go episode, watch 
the movie. Watch All it right. twice. All right. Watch it by yourself. <laughs> wrap it up. Yeah. Oh my god. I do want to see it. I want to see so it. But we're I getting a what... signal here, guys. He's our boss. We have to go. <laughs> but if you guys want to tune in, tune in the next time. Hopefully, these kind gentlemen would be willing to return, and we can go ahead and have some other discussions that may pique your interest. So again, thank you for turning tuning in to the first Teachers Lounge. Like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Join us in the weeks to come as we learn and grow together.